Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 265 for October 7th, 2018. Today's guest is singer, actor, dancer, Sharon Catherine Brown, who is currently appearing on Broadway in Head Over Heels. Ah, it's a great conversation. It's a great conversation. And I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your air... Airs, ears for 13 years. If you like what you hear, and why wouldn't you, subscribe using the colorful buttons on the right hand side bar of this blog post or at the footer blog post, whatever. You find, you look for the big bright buttons, you'll see it. You can subscribe on, uh, oh God, I'm already going off on a tangent. You can subscribe in all the places. I, all the places. Apple Music, I can't think of any of them. Spotify, Stitcher. LinkedIn, not LinkedIn, good God. So I was out really late last night. We'll get to that in a second. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelheron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelheron or email <laughs> mikeypod at gmail.com. Oh my God, guys, I'm so fried. Um, last night was the Humane League's vegan prom. What? It was so much fun. Oh, look at my Facebook. You'll see pictures and my Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was a super fun event, like super fun. Uh, but I did not get a lot of sleep and I'm still up early on a Sunday morning to get this podcast done. So I'll have it for you tomorrow. Wow. So anyway, if I'm a little bit fried sounding, that's exactly why. But I'm fried with a full heart. So that's the best way to do it. So it's been quite a while since I've done a podcast. I apologize for that. It's been a... It's been a pretty crazy few weeks. If you don't follow me on uh, any social media, uh, especially Facebook, I wrote about this a lot. Uh, I broke my hand. I fell down some stairs. <laughs> it's not even a good story. Although a friend told me last night she broke her wrist tripping on a pretzel. So I guess it could be less. <laughs> actually, that is so sad that it's actually a really good story. I just slipped uh, on a stair and I fell and I just caught my hand in a weird way. I walked around with a broken wrist. Uh, or broken hand for like three weeks before I finally was like, ah, this is strange. Still hurts really bad, <laughs> but it didn't hurt bad enough for it to seem like my hand was broken. Anyway, I went on and on about this. I've got a post on my Patreon page and lots of posts on Facebook. If you want to hear the whole details, the the, the short version of the story is um, broke my hand, didn't have insurance. My friend, Ethan Cement and um, his husband, Michael Suchman, who run a, um, a foot clinic um a foot i'm not calling it the right thing practice um he's a foot surgeon and they have a private practice um ethan i saw him at the animal rights march and he's like ah why don't you come by and let me x-ray that for you so he x-rayed it broken bone needed surgery didn't have insurance freaked out um got talked down and um this surgeon that um uh alton baron is his name who uh is a colleague of ethan's sent me uh, sent, uh, uh ethan told him about my predicament the guy writes back and he says yeah i would love to do this surgery on your friend and by the way i have a foundation that helps uninsured professional musicians with broken hands elbows and shoulders so how's that for the universe stepping in and taking care of things um the surgery center waived all of its fees and i was able to have the surgery that i needed as a musician i mean everyone needs use of their hand like we want that um and uh so i was able to get the whole surgery all my follow-up visits and everything for for five hundred dollars uh, it would have been tens of thousands um without my insurance and when i had insurance the deductible was like six thousand which i wouldn't have been able to afford like things are not good um but this is good and this is 
I feel so happy that it worked out. I'm wearing a splint. I had a cast for two weeks. I'm wearing a splint now. Anyway, it sort of makes doing computery things a little um, cumbersome. So that's that's the long version of why I haven't done a podcast in a long time. What I have done is I offered a special thing on um, Patreon, a new zine that I'm designing with Luke Curtis. It's called About a Bed, and it's a story I wrote that's just another one of those stories that I wrote that I'm like, ah, maybe this isn't something I need to just post everywhere. Uh, so I made a zine out of it. It's going to be a, it's a little paper zine, handmade, handbound, uh, if, assuming I can do it <laughs> with this hand. And uh, it's going to be out soon, but it was offered only to patrons uh, on Patreon. And I'll tell you more about Patreon in a second. Um, lots of bonus content there and little surprises like this zine. Um, and I offered it for two weeks, uh, assigned a numbered copy of it. Uh, and I got a few new patrons, Claudia, Danielle, Dino, Lori, and Annalise. Lori is an existing patron. She actually bumped up her uh, patronage. So thanks for that, Lori. Thanks all of you for... Um, uh, your belief in my work. Like Patreon is such an amazing thing. I go on and on about it every week and it's just, uh, it's the thing that it's helping me figure out how to build a business around the work that I create. And it's just, it has the potential to be life-changing. It is life-changing. Like uh, I have a, over a, a 130 some, some odd, I think it's 133 patrons right now. And it's not like a tremendous, it doesn't pay for everything, but it makes me feel like I should keep making my work. You know, for a long time, I was paying for podcast hosting and, and website hosting and new equipment and all the different things that are required for me to write music and synthesizers and make the kind of things that I want to make. My camera, like, um, I can feel at ease spending money on creating my work because there are people that are like members of this community that give me a dollar, two dollars, twenty-five dollars a month, and they want to see me make my work. So that, that guilt has moved away. Like you know, like I just did a computer repair. Uh, it was a hundred bucks for my laptop, and you know things like that come up, and I'm like, oh, I, I fix this because it's part of my business. Like, and it's not, you know, it it's not like it, it, there's this artist thing, I guess, where people are like, oh, it's just this hobby. And, and it makes what I feel more legitimate. It's sort of sad that it takes money to do that. And it's not just the money. It's the fact that there's that community of people that are like, yes, we believe in this thing you're doing, all the different stuff you make. We want you to keep doing it. So it's the money, yes, but it's also the idea that there are people that are like, wow, yeah, do that. Do that thing you do. So anyway, there you go. Um, I'm doing a show in Boston, the animal show Boston. And let me open up my little website here. So it's in Framingham, October 22nd. I'm also like, there's going to be a lot of good stuff that night. The Rattle and the Thunder is the opening act. Uh, it's a musical narrative about planet, personal transformation and reconciliation with the life we share with the planet. Um, uh, Ellie Sarti, who is one of the um, founders of Compassion Arts, that's the organization that's bringing me. Um, Donald Vincent, who you've heard on the podcast uh, as Mr. Hip. And uh, lots of different musicians. That's going to be the opening act. And then I'm doing the animal show uh, that night uh, with a string quartet, the whole show. So if you haven't seen it yet and you live in Boston, or if you have seen it, come see it again. Um, wow, I'm suddenly realizing I'm talking really fast. Uh, so yeah, definitely come and see that. Let me know if you need information. You can get, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can go right to the details about this. Um, and if you have friends in Boston, this is the thing. <laughs> Tell them about the show and tell them to come. And uh, yeah, all right. So that's the show. Oh, and if you're going to the Veg Fest that weekend, <laughs> uh, I'll be at the Compassion Arts table for the whole weekend. And uh, I'm doing a um, uh, 
uh, um, a pr- presentation at the fest. It's on Sunday at 3 p.m. Um, with Compassion Arts. It's called You Art What You Eat. I will be there. Mr. Hip will be there. And Jane O'Hara, a painter who has also been on the podcast, will be there. Um, you Art What You Eat, the arts, animals, and veganism. Uh, if you're at the Boston Veg Fest, please come and support it. It's one of those things that, ah, I would like for more arts and activist stuff to start emerging within um, the animal rights movement. And uh, this is a cool way for it to happen. Uh, so come, come, won't you? Please come. Yes. I think those are all the things. The bonus content this week is going to be uh, a talk with Luke Curtis, who we have designed this zine together. We're going to talk a little bit about that process. And it's going to be amazing. Uh, I love Luke. And uh, Luke has really inspired me to create different work, like the books and the zines, of course, that I make only exist because of his encouragement and his um, design, really, and his ideas. So a really important player in my creative uh, process and creative life. So it's going to be really cool to share that conversation with you. Uh, If you like this always free podcast and the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all of those things. And especially, I'd love your support at patreon.com slash Michael Heron which I just talked about, you will get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as $2 a month. I'd love to connect with you there and I'd love your help in covering the expenses for this always free podcast and the other content I create everywhere. So before we get on with the show, I want to take a moment and thank Nolan Duran, who is the uh, co-producer on Head Over Heels on Broadway right now. What's up? And he uh, he's the person that connected me with Sharon Catherine Brown. I met her in the lobby. Uh, he was like, you've got to meet Sharon. She's vegan. Yeah, so uh, she's vegan and and absolute delight. Um, so Nolan, thank you so much for making this connection and helping set up this interview. Um, wouldn't have happened without you. So thank you very much. And uh, so let's hear a song. Allison Greenfield, a new, well, not a new friend, but a new in real life friend. Uh, we met at Gathering the Coven, a thing I did with Lauren Mall. Uh, and I'll be doing it again in November. Keep an eye out for that. God, so many things. We got to get onto the interview. Um, <laughs> this is a track from Allison Greenfield. This is her cover of Bad Boys. And after this, we'll get to the interview with uh, Sharon Catherine Brown. <laughs> What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? A bad boy's bad boy is what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? When you were eight and you had bad traits, you go to school learning the golden rule. So why are you acting like a bloody fool? If you get hot, you must get cool. Bad boy's bad boy is what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? You chuck it on now one, you chuck it on this one. Chuck it on your mother and you chuck it on your father. You chuck it on your brother, chuck it on your sister. Chuck it on that one and you chuck it on me. Now give you no break Police now give you no break Now 
Not even a soldier minor give you no break Not even your eyes are gonna give you no break No break, no No break, no break, no Why did you have to be acting so mean? Don't you know you're a human being born Of a mother with the love of a father Reflections coming, reflections going, I know Sometimes you wanna let go Yeah, I know Sometimes you wanna let go Cause you're too bad You're too rude You're too bad You're too rude Oh yeah, bad boys, bad boys What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? 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 Joining me now on the podcast is Sharon Catherine Brown, who is in the cast of the Broadway show Head Over Heels. Sharon, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm honored. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yay. I'm so happy to talk to you. We met in person one night and ever since then I've been like, she's amazing. You have a great energy and I'm super excited to talk to you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I think the same about you. Thank you so much. Oh, for sure. So a lot of things with Head Over Heels and you sort of intersect with the type of things I like to talk about on the podcast. And that's activism as art, um, art as activism, I guess, the opposite. And the fact that you're also vegan, which is like a whole nother level of like the things that I love. So I guess we should talk about Head Over Heels first, just in case people may not know yet about this Broadway show with Go-Go's music, There's, you could probably describe it in an elevator way much better than I can. So can you throw us a little... Uh... Well, first, it is the music of the Go-Go's. It is not about the Go-Go's. And so I, w- I always want to say that first because we are known as the, the genre is called jukebox musical. That's the genre we kind of fall into, although I think it's much more than that personally. But, mm-hmm. you know, people need labels to, to steer them in the right direction. So, uh, so it is not about the Go Go's, but it is sort of a mashup of a store, an adult store, an adult fairy tale that is told in prose, in verse, uh, iambic pentameter, and um, and with the, it's a mashup of that and the Go Go's music. So, it whenever people hear it they're like what how does that work but it works (laughs) somehow it worked when when i saw the show i wasn't expecting the prose at all and i and yeah and i didn't know what to expect really i mean i expected go-go's music (laughs) and that was it i've actually feel a little like embarrassed to admit that i didn't research it more but honestly i like to go see shows as with as little information as possible and just be like all right take me where you're going to take me so i sort of appreciate that we do too uh, yeah, I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of like that too, too, because I, uh, you know, you like to be taken on the journey, and but you also have to have to be open enough 
to to do that you know um uh you have to have that kind of mind to to say take me take me on the journey a lot of times when movies come out i will avoid the trailers because i just i don't want i don't want to have a an indication necessarily sometimes i do but most of the time i don't yeah same i i really enjoy that um so the 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 show head over heels has this well i was surprised by the pros and then pleasantly so like i had a moment and it was good for me because i'm one of those people that finally was like i don't understand like shakespeare's too hard i i can't watch it and like I had that immediate reaction right. when the prose was happening. I was like, oh, God, yeah. I'm not going to be able to get it. And that's just my own self-doubt or whatever's going on with that. Uh, but I did get it. And it was a great show. And I love the um, the messaging about gender within the show. And that I feel like is right. I, I keep feeling like I'm overstating it, but I don't think I am. It's pretty groundbreaking for there to be a, a trans lead character and hold this whole conversation about um, the they pronoun and everything that goes on about gender gender in the show like I'm curious um, two things how did that and did it change you and how are you finding it's changing audiences well it uh, there are many terms that I never heard before the I read the script so really um, the whole area of non-binary I wasn't familiar with until um, Peppermint, who is the star of our show, really broke down a lot of things uh, for, for us. Um, because I think, I think what the assumption is, is or, or what it might be, I'm not going to say what it is, what it might be is that people who are gay know absolutely everything there is to know about absolutely everything in the, uh, under this umbrella of LGBTQ. And they're adding other letters as I'm ha- giving this interview to you that I'm not aware of, but it's not, you don't know everything, you know, that's, it, it's just, you don't know everything. You don't. Yeah. And so there were a couple of things that, that even um, some of the members of our cast were gay, were being educated. You know, that's important to know that um, they were being educated. Now, Peppermint is the first transgender female to have a lead role on Broadway. She's making her Broadway debut, so that was a big deal. Um, she's playing a character who is who does not identify with either gender that she's playing that character there's that one theme in the show but there's also there are several love stories in in within this story and uh and a couple of them are are same-sex love stories and that happened in an unexpected way so that's why i think whoopi goldberg called it an adult fairy tale um, and it, yes, it is. I agree with you. It's very easy to understand. I, I'm classically trained, so I do understand all about uh, anything Shakespearean you uh-huh. know, I'm comfortable with. This is actually based on a story by Sir Philip Sidney called The Arcadia, and he predates Shakespeare, uh-huh. actually. So, um, but I don't, I want to be very upfront and, and tell everyone that's listening, do not feel that you will be lost. Uh, you absolutely will not be lost. I think, I think you can vouch for me on that one, right, Michael? I and mean, you absolutely, the story is easy to follow. Oh, for very sure. Clear. Yeah, yeah, it's super clear. And, and you know, like, just speaking for myself, and other people probably have this same, you know, it's my own 
kind of I have to sort of, I guess tell on myself a little bit and be like it's my own closed mindedness and and self doubt or whatever that has me thinking like oh no I'll never get this it's not true <laughs> you know like I just, it's just funny and, and how we get like that well we're all, we're also I think on top of everything else we're very fortunate during the rehearsal process uh, Michael Mayer is our director James Magruder is our playwright and every change that was made during previews and rehearsals, it was all geared to make the story clear, to go in directions that, that were clear for people. And um, it's just, you know, I thought we're so fortunate. Uh, there are two people that are obviously at the top of their game, but um, they're just really wonderful to work with. And every time that they would make a change, several cast members, we look at each other and go, gosh, it's always better. Uh, we just keep striving for, you know, I know, you know it, there was no ego about it. It was just like this, this works or, or this doesn't work. It, it was always to make it clear for the, for the audience. And I'll say that about our producers as well, always to make it clear. Uh, and so go ahead. Yeah, we're fortunate. No, I'm just saying we're fortunate in that way, and that to hear you say that it just proves just proves the point, you know. Yeah, I'm getting the sense, and I could be just making this up that um, the the and I guess I sort of picked this up from from your experience, like because I follow you on Instagram and I see so much of what you post about the show. It seems like there's a particular bond with the cast and the staff of this show that maybe is different yeah. from other shows. Are you experiencing that? Um, it is very, it is very close uh, to, to quote our choreographer Spencer Lip. He said we have a, this this company has a freakishly <laughs> close bond. Um, it, I will extend that to the Hudson Theater. I, I have to tell you that I was raised in theater. I started very young in this business period I started when I was a toddler and I was always taught by my parents that there is not or should not be a division between the actors and the crew people or the tech people your wardrobe that you're all coming together to put on this project mm. uh, whether it's a play whether you're doing television whether you're doing a movie and you as an actor should not segregate yourself you shouldn't think so highly of yourself that you're the you're the show so what i love about being at the hudson is i feel like we are just an entity we are a company we have been adopted into the hudson home and as a company we we really seem to have each other's back and Mm. so uh i think the audience feels that yeah, it definitely does. Like I, it, and it's hard for me to like put my finger on what feels so. You know, when I saw the show, I guess it was, it was still in previews when I saw the show. But it was, um, yeah. There's something, uh, uh yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. It's it's really it it reads from the stage that it's a group of, um, it's a team, it's a family, um, and it's really beautiful. Yeah, and I have to to say something else because this is this is rare, just in general, not just for me in my career, but just in general, usually when you do a play or a play or a musical, it doesn't matter. You have a group of producers and it's not that you're not friendly with them. They're not your producers. You don't work for them, but you, as actors, you don't necessarily feel 
that you feel there's an invisible guy wall that if you saw them in the street, maybe you wouldn't necessarily go up to them. Or if you're in the theater and they're sitting on the other side of the theater and you're in rehearsal, you don't necessarily feel it's okay to go up to them. I can say since day one, we never felt a wall between us and the producers. I think that is highly, incredibly rare. I mean, our producers come to the show, like our producers hang out, you know, you've got Christine and Julie and Louise, like they hang out, they hang out. Donovan, when he's on this, this coast, he comes and he says hello. And that is rare. And they, they have our backs. That's, that's very rare. And Michael Mayer, probably one of the finest people you could ever meet. This is a man who leaves the show without an ego. How is that possible? He's our director. He steers the ship without an ego. And I, I watched him. I watched him let everybody be their best and do what they do. And he stands back and then he'll say, okay, let, let's try this. He never, he's not, it's never like a dictatorship, you know, but, but he's directing, you know, he, he, like he just has this process that I'm fascinated by since day one because he manages to lead and still let everyone do what they're, they've been hired to do, but yet still make these incredible decisions about what should stay and what should go. And um, I think that's why I, I, I've wanted to work with him for years. But I think that's why once you work with him, you're just really praying that you get to work with him again. Because who doesn't want to be in that kind of situation? Uh, it's a great atmosphere to work in. Wow, that sounds... It's, I, I love hearing this, and I love getting the your perspective from a Broadway show, which a lot of people don't really get to... Well, very few people get to experience. So I, I really appreciate you talking about that level of it, too. I mean, it must be... I mean, at, yeah. at that level, I'm sure there are many experiences that are not like that. I, I'm trying to put that in a positive way. <laughs> like, you know, well, no, no. I mean, it, 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 you're always running the risk of there being too many cooks mm. in, in a kitchen when you're doing a Broadway show. Cause there's a lot at stake. You know, Broadway costs more money to, 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 to get there now than ever in, before. And it's, it shows no sign of getting, uh, cheaper to put on a Broadway show or in and that journey that it takes to get there. I mean, you know, the tickets for everything is just sky high and all of this, there's a lot at stake and, and there are tons of investors and people want to return on their money and, and very few people invest with their heart. I mean, there's, there's, we have a group of producers that are like, you know, we're going to see you through the summer. It's very difficult to open a show in the summer and it's very difficult to open a show that's not based on a movie mm. at any time, you know, like, so it's a, it's a really special group of people. And, but we're aware of that, you know, sometimes uh, people may not be aware of what it is that's keeping them afloat or that, or what the blessing is. We are very aware of it. We really are. Yeah. We're very aware of it. Do you think a lot of that dedication to the show and willingness to take uh, different risks with it, um, it's because of a passion about the subject matter, like the, um, the. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think anytime that you have, uh, anytime that our, 
that our our country has been in had an oppressive administration and it was it is it, it is what it is it's in the, I, I don't care how you voted because for me humanity should never be about politics so i'm not talking about what party you you feel you identify with i'm talking about humanity and there are there's humanity at stake and so we are in an in oppressive times and Anytime that exists, a show like this, I believe, is going to rise to the top because I think people want to be included in, in the good life. You, you, you have in your head, as you're growing up, what the good life would be for you mm. and what joy means to you and what happiness means for you and being content and if you're growing up and there are very powerful people saying it doesn't matter what causes you joy, I'm here to take it away. It doesn't matter what you need to feel safe. I'm going to take that away. It doesn't matter what you need to feel happy, to feel like you, you can survive. I'm here to stomp that out. You know, whenever you have that, you're going to have people pulling together to, to have each other's backs and mix and, and put as much love into a situation as you, as you can. My thing about activism, and, and I have an opinion that doesn't, I feel is not always popular because a lot of times when people consider themselves activists, what they really want is, I want you to to speak the way and say the words the way I want you to say them. I'm passionate about this and you have to say this my way or else it is, you're not, you're not, you're not going to be fulfilling my agenda. But I think activism now has to go to the next level. And this is what I mean. I'm a mom. I lead with that. Uh, When I wake up in the morning, the first thing that someone would notice about me is my color. And there's nothing wrong with that, as long as you're not using it to hate me, to spew hate my way. That I, a lot of things I notice about people first. That's fine to notice something about someone first, as long as you're not using it to, to hurt them in, a, in an unkind way. I think we are segregated into our own groups that we're caring about. I don't think we mean to do it, but I think we do it. I think that if children are being threatened, if children are being endangered, and you personally do not have children, I need you to fight with me for their rights. I think that if you are not gay, if you are not a part just personally of the LGBTQ community because you are not gay, but someone is bullying someone because of that. I need you to step up and I need, we, it's, it's called protecting each other. We have to take care of each other. We were put on this earth to care for each other. So if I only see the mothers fighting for the kids, that's not enough. Mm, yeah. People. We need everybody. If I only see black people 
fighting for the fact that black people are being killed in the street for no reason by law enforcement, that's not enough. We need to go where the bullying is as a group of humans, as human beings loving and caring for each other. We need to go where the trouble is and go, you cannot bully this person. I got your back. I got you. I may not agree. I do not have to agree with every single thing that you, we don't have to be the same. We don't have to be robots. But when someone's humanity is being threatened, we all have to come to the table. Whether you, whether you understand what it's like to have a, a, a kid in school where a shooting may take place, it doesn't matter. If that is being done and if our country is not protecting us, then we have to do it. What, regardless of what group we identify with. That's where I want to see activism now. Yeah, I love that. Like that, uh, I, and, and we have to wrap this up, and I think that's the perfect place to do it because it's, yeah, I can't, I can't even say anything to add to that. I, you stated it perfectly. Go, Sharon, go. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, Head Over Heels is on Broadway right now. Go see it. And um, the, the cast album is coming out pretty soon, right? No, it's out. It's out? It's out, it's out, it's out, it's out, it's out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's out. So, ah, we're so excited. I was just about to say, so tell me, are you excited about this? I, I get the sense that you might be. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's great. The, our uh, fans have been asking about this, uh, and we knew when it was coming out, actually, we couldn't say anything about it. It was, it was really killing the cast to, to not be able to go, it's coming out on this date. But anyway, yes. Yes, just uh, I think it was two days ago uh, uh, they made it, uh, the official announcement. So you go to iTunes, Spotify, go, go, go. All go the places. <laughs> yeah, and I'll put links uh, to those places on the show notes for this podcast episode. Thank you so much for joining me, Sharon. I feel like we could go on and on and on forever. So I'll, maybe you well, can come back on the show hopefully sometime. Hopefully I will see you soon. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we can do a, a sanctuary trip one day. I'll, I'll, I'll push uh, for that. That's definitely going to happen. I love that's it. Definitely going to happen, and we can we can uh, do the interview from there. Oh, amazing! <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, and um, I'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to you soon. Bye bye, Mike. Um, the things you said to me today change my perspective in every way. These things count to mean so much to me. My faith with you and your baby It's out there It's out there It's out there If you want me, I'll be here It's out there It's out there It's out there If you want me, I'll be here That I'd lay down my face I'll be dreaming my dreams with you
That was Dreaming My Dreams from Allison Greenfeld. Thank you so much for letting me play your music, Allison. And if you're listening, which you obviously are, person that's listening, check out her music. You can find links to it for the show notes uh, for this episode at MikeyPod.com. And I've been your host, Michael Heron. Thanks so much for listening. See you in Boston if you are in Boston. And uh, if you enjoy this podcast, I'd love your support on Patreon.com slash Michael Heron or an email or a review, do any of those things. I'd love to hear from you. And um, if you just want to listen and download this every month or week or whenever I do it, that's great. This uh, uh, outro is not good. Talk to you later. See you next week.